Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. My heart, my life, right now, today, right here. I want God to give me power and peace and joy. You see, when I allow Christ to come into my life, I'm supposed to let him come in so his kingdom rules. You see, a kingdom is a place where a king rules. Well, he sets up shop in my heart. And when God comes in, in essence, he is to take control. The Lord's Prayer can easily become a routine that we no longer draw from the heart, but rather out of habit. This inevitably leads to us missing out on key aspects of the prayer that are meant for our growth. One of these is Thy Kingdom Come. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us how these three words should have a radical impact on our daily lives. In our study, we learned that the coming of God's kingdom, first and foremost, begins with our heart. By praying for God's kingdom to come, we ultimately ask that Christ enters our heart. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, How to Pray. says this is a pattern you're to pray i'm to pray god your kingdom come what does that mean now remember it matters who you pray to what king am i praying to the king of the whole universe so your kingdom come has three three different categories to it let's talk about the first one when i pray your kingdom come it relates to something that's going to happen in the future Remember, this world is, well, it is the kingdom of God, but there's another kingdom that rules in this world right now also. It's the kingdom of Satan. There's two opposing kingdoms. Everyone was born in the kingdom of Satan, in the rebellion that Satan caused. So you have a sin nature. And you'll see later that if I don't do something about that, I remain in the kingdom of Satan, and that's not a good thing. So... There is a day coming. And so this prayer for the kingdom to come is a future hope for us. A prayer for the future rule of Jesus over the whole world. I'm so glad to say to you this morning, there's a day coming when we don't have to listen to some of the rulings coming from the court systems. We don't have a television that has the most garbage and stuff on it. We don't have little kids being beaten. We don't have starving people. We don't have all these horrendous crimes with these sexual predators in our kids all over the world. There's a day coming. There's no more sickness. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. Hallelujah. Well, how's that coming? Well, it's coming. Revelation 11:15 says this. 
The kingdom of this world, talking about the future, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So when I'm praying the kingdom come, this gives me a perspective of eternity, of the heavens. Let me give you a a quick run through the book of Revelation in one minute. There's a day coming. We have two kingdoms now. God's still ruling the whole universe, but he allows Satan to rule at the moment. He's the king of this world. There's a day coming. It's called the rapture. If you're a Christian, there's a day coming. You're alive. You will be caught up instantaneously to be with the Lord. You're going to be in heaven. You're going to receive your new body. It's going to be awesome. And when that happens, immediately, the, well, the wrath of God is released on this earth. It's a seven-year period. You find that in Revelation chapter 6 to Revelation 19. And over half the world dies in this seven years. It's horrible. At the end of that seven years, we come back with Jesus to set up his rule and reign temporarily for a thousand years. It's called the millennium here. Satan is put away for a thousand years. And it's, it's, like a re, it's like a renewed paradise, like the Garden of Eden for a thousand years. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Then at the end, Satan is released just for a little while. And finally, the final battle, Jesus destroys him. And then in Revelation 21, we won't go there this morning for a time. Revelation 21, the Bible says we get a new heaven and we get a new earth. And you and I are going to live with God, our Papa, forever. And by the way, there will be fun. Some of you that can't believe it. I'm going to look for it and I'm going, I told you so, I told you so, it's funny. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. The flip side of it is if you haven't become a Christian, you will remain in the kingdom of Satan. And the kingdom of Satan and all the demons and Satan are thrown into the lake of fire to suffer forever. So when I pray the kingdom come, It has a future aspect. It gives me hope. It brings me perspective. Some of you are going through the most difficult time of your whole life right now. One day it will end. I don't know how it will end, but God will give you the strength to go through it. But eventually, nothing but good is going to happen. And that gives me a... See, when I pray that, it gives me a perspective for my prayer. Second, the kingdom of God is not only future, but the kingdom of God, well, it's right here, right now. Take a look at these notes. A prayer for the rule of Jesus in my heart. And, well, my heart, my life, right now, today, right here. I want God to give me power and peace and joy. You see, when I allow Christ to come into my life, I'm supposed to let him come in so his kingdom rules. You see, a kingdom is a place where a king rules. Well, he sets up shop in my heart. And when God comes in, in essence, he is to take control. Let me give you an illustration. Many of you work in a place and you have a master key. I have a master key for the places, the doors in this building. A few other people do. Well, I can, I can open any door, basically, in this building. Any of the buildings. When you become a Christian, when you pray, your kingdom come... What you're saying is, God, every room in my heart, you have access to. You're the king. But see, some of us go, God, you can have this. First floor is yours, second floor is yours, third floor is yours, but the shop room downstairs, mm-hmm, not, not ready to give that over yet. Well, you can't pray this prayer then. See, a king rules. 
king doesn't rule with constraints or limitations. A king rules. So when I pray, your kingdom come, I'm praying about the future. God, I can't wait till heaven. I can't wait to heaven. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. Yes. But he wants it to be awesome right now. Well, how is it awesome right now? By letting him have access to every aspect of your life. This morning, that, that rang a bell in some of your lives. There's a place you've reserved for yourself that you haven't let God rule in yet. Just open the door to him today. Say, God, you have access. That's where, well, that's where power, peace, and joy come from. Now, remember, I told you about fun. When some of you think of the kingdom of God now, church, relationship with God, you were raised in a strict background. Can't do this, can't do that, can't eat this, can't drink this, can't go there, can't wear this. That was Christianity to you. There's some balance to that, obviously. But that's not really what it is. Look what Paul says to us here in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God, for the what? The kingdom of God. Well, where is the kingdom of God? It's present right now. It's future, but it's also present right now. And where's the king live if I'm a Christian? Where does he live? It's right in my heart. Well, if he lives in my heart and he rules, what kind of life is it? Well, it's a matter of not eating this and not drinking and not wearing this. And I gotta go to church tonight. I gotta be in a small group and I have to give money and I gotta give ties to God. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> no, it's not about any of that. See, if the God, if God rules in your heart, seriously, if He rules in your heart, what is it about? It's being right with God, which brings me incredible peace and joy. Do you get it? How could I not be joyous? Because the king rules. Well, what kind of king rules? All-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at the same place and time. And that, unbelievable. So, there's a third aspect. It will surprise you what it is. Not only is it future, not only is it local for me right now. But the third aspect is simply this. Look at Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent, repent and believe the good news. That's the third aspect of the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom's about here. Well, what does that mean? The third aspect of this prayer is a prayer for the expansion of God's kingdom. Well, how does God's kingdom grow? Only one way. Through converts, through Christianity, through discipleship. So this third aspect, it, it's just a, a bold evangelistic statement by Jesus. See, God's heart's for the lost. Jesus came to provide a way for everyone to change kingdoms. You see, you and I were born in the kingdom of Satan. Today, as you sit here, as you listen on the internet, in, in the overflow rooms, in both of the overflow rooms this morning, you're in one of two kingdoms. Kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. Now, you're either forgiven or you're guilty. You're either walking with God or away from God. You're either headed for hell or heaven. There's no alternatives. That's the opposites. That's the choices. So Jesus came to this earth and he says, I want to do away with dead religion. I want to show you that my, my father, I came from there, is approachable. He has a heart for you. He wants to spend eternity with you. That's why I'm here. Jesus says the kingdom, well, it's near. Well, if it's near, what should I do? How do I get into the kingdom? Repent 
and believe. We'll give some of you an opportunity before we worship this one. Repent and believe. Jesus didn't say, now the kingdom is near. You're in the kingdom of Satan. You've got to get in the kingdom of God. Make sure you're a church member. And you've got to be very careful what church you belong to. No, there were no churches in those days. There was Judaism and paganism. That was it. So he said, no, it's not about a church. It's about a person. Repent. Believe in your heart. Me. Me. And you can become a son and daughter of God. So this is an evangelistic statement. That's a, that, guys, that's what we're about here. This is what we're about here. We pray for the lost. And no one is beyond the reach of God. We are to pray that their blinded eyes are open. Their hard hearts have been softened by God. We're here in Brevard County to expand God's kingdom. Do not minimize the power of God's kingdom. He's freeing lives. He freed more lives last night. He's healing people. He's saving people. He's changing lives. Don't minimize the power of God. It's not man's power. It's the power of God. I gave a long interview yesterday to uh, uh, the Missions Magazine. By the way, if you haven't picked up your Missions Magazine, the books are the only two bucks. Get it. It's a tremendous issue. Full color. In the fall, we're going to be the head article in the middle of that Missions Magazine that goes all over the world. So the individual called me yesterday, and I talked to him about 45 minutes, and he said, how did you go in 13 years from this little church of like, you know, 75 people to well over 6,000 people every single How in the world did you do that? I said, well, you want to know my name? <laughs> Balmer. No. I said, it's one way. God's expanding his kingdom. God grows the church. We don't advertise. We teach the word of God. We have contemporary worship. We want to be known what we're for, not what we're against. And I went through a lot of things. And one of the things I said, what we, what we really strive, and I've learned to do after 60 years, still in the process of being perfected in it, but I know it, a nice balance of the power of God and the word of God. You see, some of you were raised with the word of God, but no power of God. They limited the gifts. They limited being baptized in the spirit. They limited all those things. And basically, you dry up with that. Some of you, the other, you came from a church where... It was like a circus all the time. There's tremendous things in the Spirit of God, but there was hardly any word. You blow up. But if you take a balance of the word and the Spirit, we grow up. That's when the kingdom gets expanded. So it's not about us. His heart's for the lost. By the way, do you think in Brevard County God is through expanding his kingdom? See, some of us, and you know the statement. Oh, Lord, if, if, you're, if the heaven's coming and there's no more crime and there's no more... I was saying to the guys last night, in, in deference to the, to the poor girl in Aruba, but how many more programs can we do on the news for an hour on the Aruba deal? We go crazy in this country, don't we? And so I want to say, God, come quickly. But then I think about my neighbor next door. And I think about a cousin. Do you start thinking? And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't come yet, Lord. Don't, don't come quite yet. Why? Because we have a heart for the lost. God will know the right time to come. Between now and then, guys, we're about expanding the kingdom through the power of God. We have a wonderful course coming up on a contagious Christianity. <laughs> no, not like that. Contagious in that we have a heart and a love for the lost. It's going to be an incredible program. It's going to be a live video. You want to be here with us. We'll tell you more about that in a few weeks. Now, the last statement in verse 10 is this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me pray a prayer for you. This is kind of my translation of the Lord's Prayer. Dear God, thanks for making me wise enough to know what is best for me. God, my desire 
is to rule my own life. I simply want to do my life my way. Now, God, knowing that you're God, I know you will leave me alone and honor my prayer. But if I do happen to need you, God, I know I'll contact you. I'll call you. You don't call me. And by the way, I know when I do because you're loving and kind. Thanks for being there if I need you. Would you ever pray that prayer? No, nobody really would ever pray. Hey, God, I want my will. I don't know yours. Thanks very much. We, we wouldn't pray that prayer. But we live that life. We would never pray it. We just live it. We say to God, well, God, if I really need you, I'll call you. But right now, I'm kind of tied up doing my thing. That's wrong. You can't pray that way. Jesus says, here's the way you're to pray. God, your will, your will, God, be done on earth. That means in me, as it is in heaven. Would you just say this morning that God has trouble in heaven getting his will done today? Oh, I don't think so. That was taken care of a long time ago, remember? Satan says, well, I want to do my thing. God said, good. And they're gone. Now everybody does God's will. And they love it because it's right. So here's a statement you want to write. Prayer is not getting God to do what I want, but me doing what God wants. I'm going to ask you some questions. When we talk about the will of God, some of us struggle with that. Let's back up to the beginning of the prayer. Our Father, Father, who's in heaven, a daddy who loves his children, who's all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at the same time, has my best interests at heart. Now, why wouldn't I want his will for my life? Let me give you a couple statements. Do you think that an all-knowing God has a plan for your life that will bring you prosperity, hope, and a future? Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Pastor Margaret, if I pray your will be done, you'll send me to Timbuktu. I'll have to eat worms all my life. That'll be my only protein. I'll get all these diseases. I'm going to die for Jesus in Timbuktu. That's what many of you think. You know what? If he sends you to Timbuktu, you'll love eating worms. Oh, no, I can't eat. You know, it could be, and I have to be very careful with the statement because sometimes God does it. God could send me to a place where there's only liver. Hmm. But you know what? Philippians says he can change my wonter. I heard somebody yesterday say, I like everything about liver, but the taste the texture, and the smell. <laughs> but see, God could change all of that, couldn't he? See, because he has this, well, it's the best thing for you. Second, do you think that God's will or plan for your life is better than any plan you could discover? Well, I'm working real hard to find it. No, his plan's better than anything you could ever discover, ever. I talked to the individual yesterday in that interview, and I said, you know, I worked 25 years in hospital pharmacy, and I taught at Calvary, Melbourne, and uh, Merritt Island, and started the church before that at Cornerstone, and was just active teaching. I loved pe- teaching, loved being in the Word, loved teaching couples, doing all of those kind of things. I loved hospital pharmacy. But 13 years ago, he changed my heart. I never thought I'd ever. Two years ago, by the way, I gave my license up. Why should I have my license? I had to go through all this continuing education stuff. I mean, if you ask me, I can give you a, you know, a few things from the old days. Digitala, some of those kind of drugs. You ask me about the new ones, I don't know anything about it now. 
I never thought that day would come. I couldn't fix an IV. I could take a cell phone and throw it against the wall, but other than that, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do some things. But see, it doesn't matter now because I love doing what I'm doing now even more than I did then. It was just different. If I was in the will of God then, I'm in the will of God now. So listen to this verse. It's very powerful. Psalm 139.3, write it down. Psalm 139.3, you want to look it up, you want to meditate on it this week. New Living Translation says this. I love it. I've never seen the verse in the New Living Translation like this. You chart the path ahead of me. You chart it. And tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment, you know where I am. Ooh, I love it. There's a sermon right there. Can't get to it this morning. You chart every moment. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. Do you trust God today? Do you trust Daddy today in every area of your life? Can you say, God, I want your will today? I trust you today. By praying his will, we simply acknowledge that God does know best. And we're excited to watch him Well, direct us where to start, stop, and rest on the path of life. If it takes a turn to the right, or it takes a turn to the left, and he changes everything. If in a few years I'm here still alive and God says to me, well, I'm going to have you go over to India and teach in Bible colleges for the rest of your years. You're leaving this church. Man, I'd hate it in one way, but if that's what God's doing, I'm going. By the way, it's not planned, so do relax. No rumors. But it doesn't matter, see, because that means I have to believe that's God's best for me. Because it is. What about yours? I heard something coming home last night on Charles Swindoll. I don't know if I've got it right, but I want to say it to you. Hadn't planned to say it to you. But it says this. When your memories exceed your dreams, you've stopped living. Ooh, that's, that's another preacher. When your memories of the past exceed the visions and the dreams for the future, you've stopped living. Ask God to put some dreams in you this morning. That's powerful. I'm just a plotter. Plod with a dream. See, David prayed this prayer. Psalm 40, verse 8. I desire to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. Jesus prayed the prayer. My food, says Jesus, is do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That was the whole goal. It was just doing God's will. And last, this is very powerful. God hears all prayers that are in line with his will. There's only two kinds of people in this whole world. Those who are in harmony with God... And they simply pray, thy will be done. The other group of people, they're actually in the kingdom of Satan. And they just say this, my will be done. Two, God honors our requests. He won't force us to do his will. But that's the greatest place to be, is in the center of his will. Many of us can fall into the habit of turning the Lord's Prayer into a simple, quick, and mindless prayer of the day. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us how this prayer is quite the contrary. In our study, we learned that thy kingdom come is just as much a matter of now as it is a future event. We learned that this coming of God's kingdom now is the rule and reign of Christ in our hearts. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll continue our study of prayer in our next message entitled, How to Pray, Part 2. In this message, Pastor Mark will help us to discern the common roadblocks that keep us from pursuing God through prayer. Focusing on self-sufficiency as the key problem, we'll learn that each of us are equally dependent on God and how that need is on a daily basis. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.